All right, good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful Sunday morning? Praise God. Well, you picked a great day to be in the house of the Lord together. We're going to have an awesome time in the Word and in worshiping Him and just being together this morning. So it is great to see everybody. We're going to go ahead and open up like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So let's stand up. I know we just sat down and you're like, hey, I didn't come to church to do my squats. Well, hey, yeah, you did. All right. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and we are going to speak some words of faith over our country and then we'll get into the service. Amen. Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. All right, well, we're going to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a high five, handshake, fist bump, great big hug. Make sure everybody gets a little love today. Let's go. Jesus, please. 
Dave was late on that one. Can I just, you know, acknowledge that, that I wasn't late? You're going to put me on I wasn't late. in front of everyone. Wow. Praise God. Welcome to Very church, mystery. family. You can sit down. All right. Everybody get some love this morning. Do you feel the love in the air? <laughs> it's, the, it's there. Whether you feel it or not, it's there. Okay. Sometimes you just need a hug, yeah, you know? And in this place, you're going to get one whether or not you need it. Yes. You know? Praise Amen. God. Anyway, this is Miss Rosalinda Palakiko, who we love very, very much. She is our lift groups director, and she's going to explain some of that. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, and it was like clear as mud? We have these small groups you should go to, and you don't know anything about them. So now we're going to tell you about them. There you go. Yeah. Amen. Hi, guys. Praise the Lord. So, Rosalinda. So first, let's talk about what is a lift group? What does that even mean? So lift stands for living in faith together. Yes. And that's really the heart of where we're coming from with all of this. And, um... We've had some groups that have been going ongoing for a while. We have a group for families. It's kind of like, you know, the, was it the Verizon app? We've got an app for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you, you need some help with your marriage? We've got a group for that. Yeah. you got some young adults who are kind of flailing in the wind? we got a group for that. <laughs> We're about to start a group for um, the teenagers from 6th to 12th grade, a Bible study to dig into the Word. We've got a group for that. Yeah, So amen, if right. you're not feeling connected... We, we have a way to get connected because we truly do want to live in faith together. We want to do this walk together. We don't want to just talk at you. And we come here every Sunday and we get good word. And then we go back into our life. And sometimes, I know for myself, sometimes I leave with questions like, well, that sounded good, but how do I actually apply that to my life? That's where lift groups come in. Amen, yeah. Another thing. It was really on my heart when we got started. The reason that I oversee lift groups is because I really, really love the idea of living together in community. Because when I came here, I was a broken mess on the inside. Like, it cleaned it all up out here. But on the inside, I was broken. And as Jesus started putting the pieces together, he also started removing things from my life. And some of those things were the people and places that I was spending my time So once he took all of that away, what did I have left? And in 2019, Pastor Dave had it on his heart to implement more lift groups where we're doing small Bible study together. And I was all for it. I was like, yes, because I don't know what to do with my time. Because I don't think it's in the Bible, but I know there's a saying that says the idle hands are the devil's playground. Well, even more problematic for me was my idle mind and not keeping my mind engaged. I needed a community. I needed people who weren't partying, who weren't drinking, who understood the walk that I was walking. Amen. And so we had this great plan, and we got started, and we had one week of in-house Bible studies and COVID. Then COVID hit. (laughs) And you guys know that COVID is like a three-year period where you're just trying to struggle and figure it all out. And then this year... Jesus didn't just put it on our hearts. Jesus put it on your hearts. We need to get together. And we have a handful of people who who came and they said, we want to read the Bible together with people. So I think that that's just the Lord telling us he wants us to get our eyes back on the word. Yes, amen. 
He wants us to get our eyes off the TV, off the news, off of TikTok, speaking to myself. Um, <laughs> and to get our, all of that bad news everywhere we look, he wants us to get our eyes back on the good news that's in the Bible. And he doesn't expect us to do it alone. He doesn't expect you to know everything. And I know that when I was newer and just getting cleaned up, I would sit here and I would hear the announcements and there's these great groups happening and we're hearing from our pastors that these great things are happening in those groups. But I didn't feel like those were for me. So my heart in coming and talking to you today is to tell you that it's for you. If you're sitting and you're on the fence and you're hearing the announcements, and, and we're not saying this because we need people there, because we're having good attendance. We're saying, I'm saying this because I feel like Jesus is saying, we want you there. Yeah, we amen. want you to get that word. Amen. We want you to build that community so that even when things look good today, when it's a little more stormy tomorrow, you now have people that you trust and you can talk to about the word, about the things going on in your life. We want to do this together. So, um, so this is my open invitation. There, um, like I said, we have a, we have a men's Bible study. We have a women's group. We have twenty five or eighteen to twenty five young adults group. It's on fire. Yeah. You're in that age range. Just check it out. Um, we meet this Thursday. Uh, we have a beginning basics that I'm doing on Sunday mornings. There is groups, groups, and groups. And I know that I'm not naming all of them. So if you're just interested and you're trying to figure out your place and you want to know how to get plugged in, if, just stop me. Stop me walking down the hall. Stop me. Ask somebody for my phone number. Most of it is practically plastered on the Internet right at this point. But no it's because I love talking to you. I love sharing what Jesus has. And I will help you find your group if you just feel like, I want to dig in more, but I don't know where I fit. Trust me, this invitation is for you. So. There's my um, spiel for today. I don't yeah. want to take up too much time, but I'm really hoping that I see a lot more of your faces a lot more often. Yeah, there you go. Amen. Excellent. Excellent. Praise so Lord. now's the time when you break out your phone or a pen and start writing down when these groups are. There you go. Ready? Go. Okay. Men's Bible study is Saturdays at 630 at Raymond's house. Here's what you need to do. If we're telling you that and you don't know Raymond and you don't know where Raymond's house is, I need you to stop and leave your name and phone number at the info booth. So if you leave your name and phone number, then you get a text from the church that says, hey, by the way, this is his address. And we don't have to put it on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, internet family. We love you. <laughs> anyway, uh, men's Bible study, Saturdays at 630 at Raymond's house. There is also a women's Bible study, Beauty and the Bible. That's weekly on Thursdays from 6.30 to 8 at Billy's New Restaurant, which is in the Barstow Mall, the old Barstow Mall next to the county building. So if you wander in there, you'll find people. Those people have to be at Billy's Restaurant because there's no other place in there other than Miss Sabrina's Heavenly Beauty Salon. So if you're not getting a pedicure, you got to be going to Billy's. You know, That's how that works. And I want to tell you about young adults. But instead, we're just going to roll that video that they made over the weekend because it's a little more fun. Now, during that, though, ushers, gray-shirted people, um, I'm going to pass you the young adults sign up. Okay. Now, young adults, since I know that sometimes there's a level of awkwardness stopping by anywhere and talking to anyone, you got to kill that, okay? You got to get out the shell. 
But for now, I'm going to pass a clipboard around and you can covert sign your phone number and we'll send you a text message anyway. All right, Maylee, how about that video? Someone's calling me. When Jesus calls, will you answer? (laughs) That was it. That was what she got. There's more to it. There there was a really long blooper video after that. And Emma's like, you know, Emma's the blonde one. Okay. She's right there. There's Emma. There she is. And then there's Jesse. Okay. So Emma's got like a bowl of chips and salsa and is like chewing and has her whole mouth open. It was funny. They didn't include it. They didn't include it. That's sad. Okay. Gerald Brooks, who is a mentor of ours, Pastor Gerald Brooks. Um, from Plano, Texas. He has a church in Plano, Texas, but he mentors pastors and he's been a huge part of pastor Dave and I's life and pastor and miss P's life for another 20, 30 years before us. So amazing ministry that he has. He, for the first time ever is coming to our church. So I'm amazingly excited about that. I'm really excited about this. So Maylee, put that put that one on the screen there. So, yeah, Gerald Brooks is uh, one of the main mentors in Pastor Katie and I's life, and he is one of the most respected and sought after leadership um, speakers in the United States. I mean, he mentors people at Delta Airlines and all and just all these places. And uh, and so, Pastor Katie and I have been hooked up under his ministry for several years now, and that's like when we went to Miami this year and Dallas. We're going to be with him. Well, hundreds of churches and even corporations are banging on his door to have him come speak to their church or organization, and he just can't do all of it. But he has witnessed what's gone on at High Desert Word Center from afar, has seen the growth and everything, and is very interested in this little church in Barstow, California. And so they contacted us and said, we, we had to cancel on another church, and we've got one opening all year long. We want to come to Barstow, California, to High Desert Word Center. I was like, yes, come. I'm, so anyway, we're very, very excited about this. So just mark your calendar. It's going to be Sunday, March 17th. He's going to be at the 10 a.m. service only. And I just promise you, this is a really, really, really big deal to us. And uh, you will not be disappointed from his teaching and from his ministry. But uh, again, this is especially for Pastor Katie and I and, and Pastor Josh and Julie and Mom and Dad. Like, we look up to him a lot. So this is a really big deal to us, and we're super grateful that we're going to get to share him with all of the congregation that day. So you'll be hearing us talk about it more, but circle that day on your calendar, Sunday, March 17th. All right? Sound good? Amen. Yes. He cares about us, and he wants to be here, which is a blessing to me, because sometimes you have people you listen to on a podcast or someone you see online, and you don't get to learn from them one-on-one and you don't get to have them it's being in their presence kind of thing it's not that we're bringing in some famous guy that we think is awesome he has a dry sense of humor he loves the bible and he's a little bit like pastor day anyway he's coming because he cares and he's coming because god is allowing him to come and when we have a guest speaker come in that's 
not because you need some extra person to come through or it's a hype Sunday morning and we have a famous guy coming in. It's because God has something for you. Amen. You know those times when you come into church and you feel like the pastor was in your house all week? We weren't stalking you, okay? It's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. Anyway, when we have a guest speaker come in, usually God makes deposits into your life that couldn't be made any other way. So if you are waiting on some information from the Lord, make sure you're here that Sunday, okay? I'm not saying that everything's going to get answered that day, but it's important for you to be here. So value that day. It will make a difference in your life. Also, speaking of difference in your life, Jesus is even better than that. If you have accepted the Lord and you would like to get dumped, get baptized, baptized. here. Come on, <laughs> I love baptisms around here. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Yep. And Sunday night if you need that. So make sure to sign up. If the front page is full, just make sure your name and phone number's on there. You will get contacted this week with some information on what to bring and what time to be here, that kind of thing. So don't forget to do that. We also have Easter coming up. Yes. Lots and lots of Easter coming up. This Easter. is a lot of pages of people who want to be part of the Easter production. Yes. So I believe tonight, 3 someone know, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. 3 p.m. There are auditions going on. Now, auditions mean nobody's getting cut. We don't roll like that. We're just going to figure out who's playing what parts, you know? So be here in this room at 3 o'clock, and Miss Summer Crank, um, who is our children's church director, will also help get that going for us as well. There's a clipboard coming around. If you'd like to be involved with that, it will be at the info booth after service. If it doesn't make it to you, and if you're with us for the first time or the very first time in a long time, can you wave at me? It's your first time here, first time in a long, long time. Okay. I'm so glad you're here today. We have a gift for you. Miss Brylin here has some information about the church. If you take that card to the info booth, they will exchange it with you for a gift. Amen. All right. It's happy time. That's exactly right. Amen. It's time for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. So Mrs. Pastor is coming on up for that this morning. And um, uh, it's also Mission Sunday. So she's going to be giving you an update on our missionaries. Uh, I want to remind you very, very briefly that last Sunday morning, uh, we uh, started, um, we took up a special offering for the chairs that we need. We're purchasing 100 more chairs uh, so the ushers don't have to run around like crazy every Sunday morning setting up extra chairs. And, uh, you know, I asked Cletus if he was going to miss this, and he said no, that he's not going to miss having to set up extra chairs every Sunday. I, I didn't see that coming. But anyway, if you want to uh, help give into that, uh, we're, we're leaving it open for about a week or so. Um, just mark on your envelope chairs, okay? Uh, it's $50 for one chair, which we determined was a great deal considering the Super Bowl seats were $8,600. We said, hey, you know, $50 is a very fair deal for a chair you know, a lifetime. You can have that share for your whole life, every service you're here. Amen. Yep. Okay, yes, and if you're going to do it online, uh, you just select the tab that says building and maintenance, and we'll direct it towards the chairs. Amen. All right, I'll let Mrs. Pastor go ahead and do the offering. Good morning, everybody. Are you doing well? Are you healed? Are you prosperous? Are you whole? Okay, all right. And if you aren't, then this is the place to get everything fixed. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today, 
um, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand, and one of our ushers will be more than happy to give you an envelope. Um, if you're giving into the missions offering, make sure you mark your envelope plainly missions because this is also our tithes and offerings plus missions, okay? So third Sunday of the month is always Mission Sunday. So the scripture I'm going to use today is Luke 6.38. And this applies to all your giving. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So, you know, a lot of times we say, okay, it takes faith to be a giver, but it also takes faith to be a receiver. Because this is talking about giving and receiving. So if you're a big giver, you're a tither already, and you give offerings, and you say, well, where's my harvest off of my giving? Then you have to have faith for your giving. Amen? So, I mean, you're receiving. So make, don't forget that. You have to have faith for both. So I want to highlight today the uh, ministry of Ron and Annette Thiessen. Ron and Annette Thiessen are uh, missionaries from Peru. That's where their main thing is in Peru. They were there for years, going up and down the Amazon River, reaching people for the gospel and raising up pastors and all kinds of things. And that's where Pastor Samples was right when COVID hit and he got stranded over there. Those of you that were here, he got stranded in Peru. It's not funny, but gosh, it was funny. But <laughs> he finally, finally, the State Department got him out of Peru. So he came. So there he is. He's home. Hallelujah. But they also, um, uh, Annette's mother and father started a missionary, uh, not a missionary, an orphanage school in Honduras. And so some of us went to Honduras last year. Cindy Grow did a vacation Bible school for the school there. And that was that was awesome. And uh, let's see, uh, who went? Uh, Raymond went, and uh, Cindy's brother, uh, Jeff, who's from Texas, went, and they built stuff. Besides the fact that Raymond was, you know, ministering to the teenagers and speaking to them and all kinds of things. So I think out of the out of the, the school there, this year they just started school there. So their school year is different than ours. So they just started school. They've got 69 students. And 19 of the kids that go to that school live there at the orphanage. So it's a great place. Their work is absolutely awesome. They're around the world. They're great people. So that's what I want to highlight today. So, hallelujah. Everybody ready? Let's stand up. And we'll say our financial faith confession. And then we'll turn this over to Pastor Josh. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial need so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
else in this world, more than anybody else in this world. We love you and we say thank you today, Lord, for saving us. We say thank you for healing us. We say thank you for never giving up on us and Lord, always giving us another chance. Your mercies are new every single morning and great is your faithfulness to us, Lord. We love you and we praise your name today and we ask that you would have your way. We, we want you, Lord, to speak to every single person here and we know you're gonna do that and I pray that our hearts would be open and our ears would be open to hear what you are saying to us today because Lord, we know that you want us to change. You want us to be better and you're giving us that chance today. And so hear our hearts cry, Lord. Have your way in our lives. We're listening. Speak to us. We thank you, Jesus, for all you are. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, uh, something interesting, when Jesus was coming down into Jerusalem, right there in Holy Week, the kids were all praising God. Little kids were singing praises and waving these palm branches in the streets. And all the old people got really mad. They were like, hey, shut the kids up. And Jesus said something very interesting. He said, hey, if they don't sing my praises, if somebody doesn't do it, if somebody doesn't praise God, then the rocks would have to cry out and praise. Why? Because God is so good. He's going to get praised. Amen. And so I'm going to choose today to say, I'll praise you. You don't need to outsource my job to a rock. Amen. <laughs> so let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Amen. Well, I know that God wants to speak to us today. And so we're going to get into the word of God here in just a minute. You can make your way to your seats. And uh, praise God. It's a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you tell somebody on the way there, give them a high five and say, it's a good thing you're at church today. Huh? All right. I mean, you don't have to, but you could. <laughs> Amen. No, it's going to be a great day to be together. Praise the Lord. Well, all right. Praise God. Hey, if you need an outline for the message and you didn't get one on your way in, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline to follow along with. Amen. It's got the, uh, the main points we're going to be making and the verses that we're going to be referencing today. And so it's kind of a really great way to follow along. Uh, who knows what we've been talking about for the past six weeks in here? What is the harvest? Souls. Amen. It's great. Amen. All right. All right. I heard some good answers here. <laughs> so is the harvest apples and oranges? Well, no, that's not what we're harvesting. The harvest is great and the harvest is people. And so our, our theme verse for 2024 is Luke 10, 2. Luke 10, 2. And every year... We have a theme verse, you know, we, we ask the Lord, what is the focus? What is the main thing that we're supposed to be focusing on and looking at throughout the year? And every year the Lord speaks to us something very specifically. Well, this year it's Luke 10, 2, and maybe some of you have it memorized by now, but it's on the screen. I don't know if you can read the graphic, but it says the harvest is great. But the laborers are few. 
So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Amen. And so Jesus is saying there is no shortage of hurting people in this world. Have you seen that? That you don't have to look very far to find somebody in need. You don't have to go very far and find somebody that's going through a very difficult time. And especially we don't have to look very far to find somebody that desperately seeking answers in their life because they are lost. And here's the good news is that if you're lost, we know the way to get you, amen, to the to the source of all answers, to the source of everything that could change your life. Who in here, you found Jesus and you could say that he has absolutely been the key to everything that you needed in life. He changed your life. You were hurt, you were lost, you were broken, and Jesus changed your life. And we know this much that anything that we find or do to help us fix our life outside of Jesus, it is only a very temporary fix. You're simply putting a band-aid on a very deep wound But Jesus isn't a Band-Aid. He is a healer, and he will come in right at the source of the issue and heal and fix your life. Amen? And that's what Jesus is going to do in your life. And so, you know, the last three weeks, we've kind of asked this question, what will it take to bring in the harvest? And so three weeks in a row, we mentioned three things. We said faith, love, and obedience. And you put them together, and, and it spells flow. Amen? Flow, Minus the W. So anyway, but faith, love, and obedience. And and so we've looked at that, but I've got a question for you this week. This is a very honest question, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on it, but just think about this to yourself. This is my question to you today. Who in here you want to help others, but you don't see how you can right now because your own life isn't where it needs to be? Okay. All right. Hey, you, you're going to raise your hands. Okay. I'm not going to stop you. Okay. That's good. So you do have a desire to help other people, but for one reason or another, one way or another, you're like, I want to do it. I just don't see how I can because I don't feel where I need to be spiritually. I don't feel that I have the, the resources to do what I've feel I'm called to do. I don't feel like I know how to do it. For whatever reason, your heart is saying, yeah, I I do want to make a difference. I don't want to just live a life that's all about me. I do want to help others. I do want to bring in the harvest, but I don't know how to get there. Well, let me ask another question. Who in here you would like for your life to be better than it currently is? All right. I mean, I'm not saying you're being selfish, but let's get real. There's some things that could improve and you would be fine with it. I mean, you'd be cool if there was more money in the bank. You'd be cool if there was more, you know, health, if there was more fulfillment, love, joy, peace, whatever, fill in the blank. But you'd be totally fine if some areas of your life got better than what they currently are. And so today, if there was a subtitle to the message, I would kind to word it this way. We're talking about the harvest is great, but we're going to talk about growing you so you can help others. Growing you so you can help others. And uh, and I know that you just should know this now that there's probably never going to be a point in life where you totally feel 
uh, adequate or like you've just perfectly got it all together so you can, but listen, Jesus isn't waiting for you to be perfect because that's never gonna happen. None of us are ever gonna be perfect. He's looking at your heart and, and you being willing to take a step of faith, all right? So you don't have to wait for perfect conditions to do something for God because you already serve a perfect God. Do you know that today? Amen. But there are some things we can grow in. And so I'm going to put a quote on the screen here that is just something that you should consider. And this is uh, by a man named James Allen way back in 1903. Let's hear it for 1903. What a year that was. We just, or wait, was it, it was 02. Yeah. 02 was a good year too. But, uh, but I want you to hear this quote. People are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. Therefore, they remain bound. People are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. Therefore, they remain bound. Because listen, no matter where we go, and we were to ask people, would you like to have a better situation? Would you improve? Everybody's gonna say, yeah, absolutely. But uh, what about you yourself? What, are you ready to have a better you? Are you ready to improve you? Or you just want to improve everything around you? And that's going to keep you bound in life until you come to this place where like, you know what? I'm not just looking for God to change everything around me. I'm looking for God to change me. Amen? And that's, that's a very deep thing to look at because... Everybody wants God to change their situation, to change their bank account, to change the people around them, to make everybody just treat you like royalty while you still treat them really bad. Listen to me. God's looking to change you today so you can go help some other people change their lives. And so who in here, you could say, hey, I am willing to make some changes in my life because I need, I just need some change, amen? And so today we're gonna talk about some ways that we can grow ourselves so we can not only have a better life personally, but also bring in the harvest that Jesus has called us to. And so I'm gonna take about four minutes here and talk to you about living intentionally, living intentionally. Who thinks this sounds like something that we ought to consider in our lives that you ought to have an intentional game plan for your life. And I'm just gonna tell you this morning right now without any fear of contradiction, most people that you know and that I know do not live an intentional focused on purpose life. The overwhelming majority of people do not have an intentional and focused game plan for their life. Now, they roll out of bed and they might even have a morning routine that they do every morning. I make my coffee and I listen to ESPN radio and then I blah, blah, blah. I spend 30 minutes on Instagram and then on the way out the door, I look at the verse of the day on the Bible app and I go to work and whatever happens from there is anybody's guess. That sounds like a very, uh, I don't know, wild way to live your life. I don't know. I, listen, you need to have a game plan, something that you're focusing on. And so if, if you don't have a real target that you're aiming at, how in the world will you ever know if you're being successful? You won't know. If you don't even know what the target is, how will you know if you're being successful? I heard this story 
years ago, uh, a, a very, uh, very accurate army sharpshooter went into this, you know, this little village, and all around the town, he was seeing targets and a perfect bullet hole in the middle of every single bullseye, right down the middle, every single one, all over. And he was like, wow, somebody in here or somebody's in here is a perfect shot. I've never seen anything like this. So he went around and he finally found the expert riflemen that everybody, you know, said made all of these perfect bullseyes. And he's like, I'll be honest, I, I'm, a, I'm considered a very, very accurate shot. But I, I've never seen anything like this. How is it that you hit a perfect bullseye 100% of the time? And the local guy's like, it's easy. First, I shoot the target, I, I shoot the paper, and then I make the circles, and I put the bullseye right where I already hit. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, that's not... That's not a, uh, I mean, you know, what's that going to do? You're going to have a very false reading on your assessment of yourself. Uh, it doesn't work that way. I would love it if life was like that. If I took the shot or, you know, I took the shot and then boom, you know, we could just uh, aim everything around what I already hit. It doesn't work that way. And I'll tell you this, and I say this all the time. If you are aiming at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. You'll hit a whole bunch of nothing in life. You'll do a whole bunch of nothing in life. And so I am challenging you today. You've got to have an intentional game plan for your life. Don't just roll through life and whatever happens, happens. And well, I guess it was meant to be. You don't know that. What if God had something better for you and you just had no idea. So you were just blindly aiming at nothing. Success, the road to success is an intentional road. Can somebody say intentional? And so listen to me, you've got to have a game plan. Good things don't just happen by accident. Success doesn't just happen by accident. Michael Jordan didn't accidentally win six championships and say, oh, that's weird, how'd that happen? Well, I won six and lost zero. No, the man had a game plan and this was totally on purpose. He meant to do this. And so we're going to talk today a little bit about how we can be very intentional in our lives and start to actually get somewhere and do something in our lives. And so if you want to change your life, listen to me, you're going to have to be ridiculously specific with your game plan and your strategy. And so if I ask you this morning and say, hey, what's your goal this year? I could ask the normal, you know, average person on the street that. And most of the time you'll get a very generic answer. My goal this year is to be a better person. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a very nice goal. That is way too broad of a goal. We're going to have to narrow it down and focus in on this. And so if I say, okay, how, how are you going to be a better person? Someone's going to say, well, I'm going to try really hard. Okay, what are you going to try really hard at? Um, I'm going to try hard at getting closer to God. Okay, okay, all right. So your goal is to be a better person by trying hard at getting closer to God. Here's my next question. How are you going to get closer to God? What steps 
are you going to take to get closer to God? And now that we've identified a target of some sort, we can start being very specific. Okay, so you want to get closer to God, so you're going to commit to get up every morning and read your Bible for 15 minutes. That's, that's one step. And then you're going to say, um, I want to, I'm going to get closer to God by prayer, so I'm going to commit to praying three times a day. And then I'm going to commit to going to church every single week. Well, what have we just done? We had a target that we were aiming at, and we just gave three very specific steps on how to hit that target. Do you see how much greater your chances of success are when you do something like that instead of just willy-nilly saying, yeah, I want to be a better person? Just saying something broad and generic like that, you are not going to succeed. You're going to have to identify what you're aiming at and then get some very specific steps of action onto how that is going to happen. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Because success does not happen by accident. I've never met anybody that's really great at the piano and be like, how did you get so good? And they said, strange thing, man, I never practiced at all. I just one day out of nowhere, I was accidentally really good at the piano. Why? You'll never hear somebody say that because that's stupid and that doesn't work that way. You get good at something by focusing on it and intentionally doing it. So I want you to pay attention to just two points today. Last week we had a four-point sermon, and so this week it's going to be two points. Does that sound fair? Uh, Whatever. You know, it's all good. It's all good. So anyway, but we're going to talk about ways for you to be intentional, all right? And so number one, be intentional. Number one, with your words, with your words. Now, one thing that we strongly believe in around here is the power of your words. Who knows that words are very powerful? Amen. In fact, they're so powerful that God created the heavens and the earth through words. This is incredible. You go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God continuously kept speaking, and there was power in his words. And I'm going to tell you this this morning. If you're in here and you're a born-again Christian, how did you get born again? Well, you got born again by Romans 10, 9 and 10. You believed in your heart. And you said with your mouth. And if you could take this same pattern, believing in the heart and saying with the mouth and using that all throughout your life in so many different circumstances, the same faith that got you saved will absolutely do some incredible things in your life all throughout. And so some people will... Uh, I don't know, in a not a, a right way, use this so like, well, just be a positive person, man. Like, oh, yeah, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> no, just say what you want. And, and listen, it's more than just saying what you want. It's being intentional and believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. Amen. In fact, Mark 11, you could write this down, 22, 23, 24. What's it say? It says, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall believe in his heart. Amen. Believe in the heart. 
And so that's what we're talking about, believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. You've got to be intentional with your words. Look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Who knows this verse? Help me out here. Amen. Proverbs 18, 21. We'll look at it in the King James and then we'll look at the NLT. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. And I mean, we could go on for days about this, but Proverbs 18 and verse 21. And I love it. Here it goes. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so what in the world does this mean? Well, flip it over to the NLT, Maley. And here's what the NLT says this way. The tongue or your mouth or your words can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Who in here just loves to talk? Come on, we know who you are. Raise your hands. Let's go. We already know. We already know. You don't even have to. Okay, thank you. All right. Very good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're good. You're good. But some of you do like to talk a lot. That's a fact. It's okay. It's all right. But the, the words that we speak can either bring death or life. Think about this. Can bring death or life. And so those who love to talk will reap the consequences. This applies to every area of your life. Now, this can either be scary or this could be really, really good. It depends on how you use your words. And so have you ever thought of it this way, that nearly anything powerful in this world can either be dangerous or it can be really useful. It depends on how you use it. Who knows that electricity could kill you? Who also knows that it can bring heat and cold air to your house when you need it. It can turn the internet on so everybody in the house will shut up and get along. Amen. Yeah, yeah, all right. And so electricity is, I mean, I'm all for it, but I just know this much. I need to respect it and I need to use it the right way. It could either kill me or it could save my life. Who knows that fire can be a great thing. Amen. Fire could keep you warm at night. It could help you cook your food. It could help you, you know, boil your water and purify it. Fire can do all sorts of great things, and it can also be very, very dangerous. It's all about how you channel it and use it. And so the same thing is true with our words. They are so powerful that they could be used to destroy things in your world and in your life, or they could be used to save things and, and bring healing. In fact, one verse in Proverbs says, the words of the wise are health. They bring healing. And so our words can either build up or they can tear down. They're very powerful. And it all depends on how we use them. And so another question for you today. What words have you been speaking over your life lately? And I can't stand people. Everybody is annoying. No, yeah, it's all them. And none of it's you. It's all them. It's everybody else. It's never you. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, we're broke, man. We don't ever have enough money. We, uh, you know, we have to save up just to reach broke. You know, no, don't say dumb stuff like that. Don't say that. Uh, you know, man, I'm so sick all the time. If anybody's going to get the flu or COVID in Barstow, it's going to be our house. We always get it. Always. Like, wow. You're probably a real thrill to hang out with, aren't you? Huh? Yeah, you're fun. Okay. Uh, listen, listen, how have you been using your words lately have, over your own life? Have you been speaking life to your life and to your family? Or have you been 
tearing you and your family down with your words. You know how important it is that you speak the right words into your household, into your family? You know how important it is that you're nice to the people that you live with? You don't know how important that is? Okay, so let me tell you something. Um, I read a study out of the U.S. News and World Report. This is from a, a Dr. Howard Markman of the University of Denver. He did a study, and in the first year of marriage, in couples who would ultimately make it and stay together, five out of every 100 comments made about each other were put-downs. Among couples who would later split, 10 out of every 100 comments were put-downs, and that gap magnified over the following year until couples heading downhill were flinging five times as many cruel comments at each other as happy couples. It is very important that you say nice things to and about your family, about your spouse, at your, about your children. It is not, why would you say terrible things about your spouse and then wonder why you have a bad marriage? This is not like rocket science or, no, our kids are little brats, man, they're spoiled rotten. Blah, 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 blah. Why, are, why, do, why won't they ever, listen, your words, man, your words have a huge role to play in the shape of your family and your house. And I'm just talking about family for just a minute, then we're going to keep going. But, you know, if you were raised in a home where insults and name calling were the norm, chances are you're going to repeat that pattern if you don't make an intentional effort to change the course. And so I know so many people that they weren't raised in great homes, and, and I get that. And, and and, but you, you just need to know that even if you didn't like it, so often you unknowingly and un, un, unconsciously, you will repeat even the bad things that you didn't like about your child. You didn't like it when your parents did it to you, and now you're doing it to your own kids. Why? Because you're not intentionally focusing on your parenting. And so we always put it this way around here. You may not have come from a good family. That's okay. You can still make sure a good family comes from you. Right? Amen? But it's not going to be by accident. You're going to have to be intentional and focused on this whole thing. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to do one of my favorite things in sermons. All right? I only do this like once or twice a year. But do you see on your outline there's some lightning bolts around Proverbs? Here we go. What are we going to do? It's a lightning round of Proverbs, everybody. The lightning round. <laughs> I don't know. In my head, people were going to get excited. That didn't work. So, all right. I really thought that was going to be a big, like, high point of the sermon. That's okay. That's all right. Let's just go. The, the Bible will do its own hype. I don't need to do that. All right. So, Proverbs 10, verse 11. Let's go. And so, what is a lightning round of Proverbs? Well, it's when we find a topic like your words that the book of Proverbs has hundreds of verses on, and we just, boom, we hit like lightning, a bunch of Proverbs on that exact same uh, word. Okay, so we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11. Who's ready for the lightning round? Okay. Proverbs 10, 11. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Hey, if you got some violent intentions, hey, this is not the place for you. But the words of the godly are a life 
life-giving fountain. Would you like your words to be a life-giving fountain? Wouldn't that be great if somebody, they talked to you and they walked away saying, man, their words were like a life-giving fountain in my life. You know, that would feel so good. What if, but what if people walk away from you and they're like, man, I feel like I just got puked on. That guy was a negative. Woo! So it's up to you how your words are going to be used. Proverbs 10, 19, here it is, same chapter. Too much talk leads to sin. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Can someone say amen? <laughs> oh, that verse never goes over big. I like to use it, though. But if you talk all the time, uh, it, it leads to sin. But just be sensible. Keep your mouth shut, and it'll keep you from a whole bunch of sin. Okay, Proverbs 12, 14. The lightning round continues. Proverbs 12 and verse 14. Here it is. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Here it is. Come on. Wise words bring many benefits. Hard work brings rewards. Look down a few verses to verse 18. Proverbs 12 and verse 18. And actually, uh, we quoted this just a minute ago. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Think about that. Some people make cutting remarks. So some of you, the words that you speak are cutting people that you love up. And some of you, your words are healing people that you love. So are you using your words as a knife to just slice and dice and chop people up? I, don't, I wouldn't do that. Hey, are you using your words to destroy, you know, how people feel about themselves, making your kids have a complex and feel awful, making your husband feel like trash, making your wife feel like trash? Or are you using your words to bring healing to them? The words of the wise bring healing. Amen. Well, one more proverb, and then, the, then we'll, we'll, the lightning round will be over. But we could have gone more. I just want you to know there was more. Proverbs 29, verse 20. Flip to the end of Proverbs here. Proverbs 29 and verse 20. Proverbs 29 and verse 20. So are you seeing how you should start harnessing your words to do something productive, anybody? Proverbs 29 and verse 20. It says... There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Than for someone who speaks without thinking. And so maybe, I don't know why I've always got trouble in my life. Like every area, well, I just want to present this for your consideration. This is on your outline. This is just something for you to consider. You do not have to say everything out loud that comes into your mind. I'm not, I'm just saying, just ponder that for a while, think about that, but you do realize that just because it comes in here, it does not have to exit your mouth. Do something with that, you know, I don't, whatever it is, I mean, rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus, but say something positive, but just because something mean and nasty and negative comes up here, it does not have to come firing out of your mouth. Control your words. Yeah, but I, I don't like where I live. I don't like this. Hey, if you think Barstow needs Jesus, but you want to speak negative words all the time, man, this place needs fixed. Man, this place needs Jesus. It's a bleep, 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 bleep. You're the problem. You are the problem. Thinking that you're going to 
bring Jesus to the whole city while you curse the exact same city in the same breath? No, God, no, no, that's not going to work. Speak life. Speak life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And so we need to start speaking some faith-filled words over our city, which we've done for four years now, three times a week or more, or maybe in your own life, over your kids, over your marriage. But some of you may need to abide by this old prayer. I saw this uh, when I was dating Katie, Pastor Katie. This was on her parents' wall and it caught my eye. But this was a prayer. Uh, Lord, please keep your arm around your shoulder and your hand over my mouth. Amen. (laughs) God's just going to wrap his arms around you and close your mouth. Amen. But if if that's what it takes, then so be it. But if you can't say something good for the love of everything, just keep your mouth shut. Amen. And so we're talking about being intentional with your life, being intentional, not just living a free for all, whatever happens, happens today. You know, your life doesn't have to be some wild roller coaster, never knowing what's going to happen one day to the next. All right. And so number one, be intentional with your words. Number two, be intentional with your actions. With your actions. And as important as words are, you need to know your actions are very, very, very important. You know, Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. Well, the fruit is the actions. It's what's taking place in your life. And so actions speak louder than words. Who knows that? It's true. You know, you, you just go around saying one thing, but doing another. We have a, we have a name for that. What do, what do we call somebody that says one thing, but does another? We call it a hypocrite. Everybody knows that. And so I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to, I don't want to, hey, y'all need to do this. And then me not ever do it. And so in our lives, we need to be intentional with our words, but also with our actions. Listen to me. Your kids won't grow up and do what you always told them to do. They'll grow up and do what they saw you doing. No, nothing is more stupid to me than some adult sitting there smoking one, pounding down. Now, don't you kids do this. (coughs) Don't you kids ever do What do you think the kids are going to do? I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but let's get real. What are the kids going to do? They're going to do what they saw the mom and dad doing, right? Even if mom and dad said, you know, nothing, nothing, here's another great one. You're watching a show so foul, so perverse, so filled with curse words that as soon as the kids walk in, whoa, whoa, kids, get out of the room. You can't hear this. You can't hear this, kids. If it is so foul that it would cause children to have a warped mind, then you shouldn't watch it even if they're not in the room. Thank you for your holy, thunderous amen today. Listen to me. That's so stupid. That's called being a hypocrite. Don't do that. Why? Or listening to music that's so terrible. Oh, no, the kids can't hear this one. Then you shouldn't hear it either. And I put it this way. If Jesus Christ was in the room, beard, robe, sandals, holes in the hands, would you be watching that show or listening to that song? Well, not if Jesus was here, I wouldn't do it. Guess what? He is there. 
He said, I'd never leave you or forsake you. You're just using that verse to help you get through the hard times. <laughs> but you know that that applies even to the good times. He said, I'll never leave you. That means, hey, he's right there all the time. And so I don't want to offend Jesus by what I'm watching, listening to, saying, drinking, you know, whatever. What I don't want to offend Jesus with it. And so that's something for me to consider that, praise God, he's always there every step of the way. That's it. That's encouraging. But that should also be a very sobering thought for us. Amen. And so, again, we're just kind of fitting in a little family talk today as we preach the sermon, but you need to behave like the person you want your kids and grandkids to become. Anyone? We need to behave like the person that we want our kids and grandkids to become. And so there's a question that the Lord just popped into my mind a few years ago. I've thrown it out there a time or two for us to consider. But just, you know, just just consider this question this morning, all right? Uh, would you be happy if your kids grow up and marry someone who treats them the way that you treat your spouse? Would you be happy... If your kids grow up and marry somebody that treats them the same way that you treat your spouse. Something to think about. So, hey, don't be mean to your spouse. I think that deserves a little bit of a better amen. (laughs) Unless we're just hitting a little too close to home today. I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. Irma gave me permission. She runs Walmart. She can run the third row. All right, listen. That's it. Don't be mean to your spouse. Why? Because, well, that's mean, and nobody likes a mean person. I don't like to hang out with mean people. Do you like to hang out with mean people? I don't like mean people. I, 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 I tend to navigate towards very nice people because I'm sensitive. I don't like to be around mean people. But at the same time, beyond that, your kids are going to pattern what you do. Amen. All right. So an intentional game plan with your words and with your actions. And now I want to take a look in Deuteronomy. Okay. The reason I'm going to look at this is this is one of the best examples in the whole Bible of very deliberate and intentional steps. Now, this passage is about the family and it is about raising kids and parenting, but I want you to get this because this to me is one of the absolute most incredible passages uh, in the Bible about being very intentional. God gave some very intentional instructions through Moses right here. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Amen. And so here is what Moses taught them to do for raising their children. Starting at verse 6 right here. It says, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So if you want your kids to be committed to God, step number one, you be committed to God. Amen. And then number verse 7 Repeat them. This is talking about the word of God, this whole thing. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. 
Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so what is he talking about? Getting your kids to know the word of God. And so he is so specific right here. He says, talk to your kids about the word in the morning. Talk to your kids about it when you're on the road. Who knows that while you're driving your kids to school, you could use that time to, I don't know, go over some Bible with them. Anybody know that? You know, we have a very long ride to school. We have a 34-minute drive to school every morning where, you know, where our kids go to school. And so there's a lot of things you could do in 34 minutes. Uh, but one thing I found out that you can do is somebody in the car can read the Bible to everybody else. And I'm telling you, this is a great way to learn your multiplication tables and to learn Scripture. Amen? And so I've got Ellie doing her multiplication tables. Four times one is four. Four times two is two. And then, you know, someone else, we're going to be reading the Bible. Why? Because Moses right here, he gave you some beautiful examples of how to be intentional with your life. On the road, in the morning, at night, when you're going to bed, write it on your hand, write it on the doorpost. Just get the word of God into your kids. And so being intentional in your life, I'm going to tell you right now, is a sacrifice. If you're going to live an intentional life, it's going to be a sacrifice and you're going to have to stretch yourself to do things you don't want to do. And that's just, you're just going to have to get this right now. That if you're going to be something for God, if you're going to do something for God, I guarantee you it's going to be outside of your comfort zone. God will stretch you to take a step of faith. Why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so you're going to have to start taking some steps of faith. Now, I love something that John Maxwell said. He said, the whole idea of motivation is a trap. It's a crock. Forget waiting to feel motivated. Just do it. After you start doing the thing, that's when the motivation comes. Now, let me put it this way. Most people think it's number one, get motivated, and then number two, start doing. That's wrong. It's number one, start doing, and then number two, motivation comes. Right? Because if you're going to wait until you're just got the, just the right amount of motivation to go do something, that's probably not going to happen. You're going to have to take that step anyway and force yourself. And we always use this example because it's easy, but you want to get in shape, right? Well, listen, you're going to have to force yourself to go to the gym. You're going to have to force yourself to put the spoon down. You're going to have to force yourself to start making some different choices, even if you don't feel like it. And then once you get going, you're like, yeah, man, I'm on a roll here. I, I got this. Motivation is going to come second, not first. And we're in here talking about how can you serve God this year? Well, I kind of feel the Lord telling me to do this, but I don't know, man. Do it. Take that step. Do it right now. Do it. Amen. As long as it's biblical, all right, <laughs> got to always highlight that. As long as it's biblical and not something absolutely crazy, but you're like, man, I feel God's telling me to serve in the nursery of church. I'm telling you right now, that's God. Do it. 
<laughs> if you have ever been a pastor of a church that has hundreds of kids, just tell them, just join me on this. Do it, all right? God's telling you to go change diapers for the kids. That's God. I'm, you don't even have to question. Amen. Uh, but, but seriously, take a step of faith. Don't say, yeah, I'm just going to sit on this for a while. And then when I really feel it at just that moment, then I'll do something. Well, it ain't going to happen. Don't wait for the right amount of motivation. Take a step of faith. Be intentional. Discipline yourself. Sacrifice and actually go do something. Why? Well, remember that success is not an accidental thing. It's always an on-purpose thing. I want you to, I'm going to look at one more thing today in the New Testament, and then we're going to wind down. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Are you still with us today? Amen. John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. John 15 and verses 5 through 8. And so we're, we're, we're putting this out there for you today. Growing you so you can help others. Growing you so you can help others. You got to, you know, you, you got to grow yourself. All right. So John chapter 15. And we're going to look here at verses 5 through 8. And right here, this is the seventh I am statement that Jesus made in the book of John. Seven different times Jesus used this phrase, I am, and then he would, you know, say something, I, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. Well, here's an interesting one. It's the seventh and final one out of the book of John. John chapter 15 and verse 5, Jesus says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so have you been trying to do something really good, but it hasn't really been connected to Jesus and you're wondering why you just can't get anything done? Well, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. What in the world did we just read? Did Jesus really just say that if I remain in him and his words remain in me, that I can ask for anything that I want and it will be granted? Did, it, did, it, did I just read that? I mean, I'm not going to add anything to that scripture right there. And I'm not going to take anything away from it. Because people will say things like, well, you can't ask for anything. I mean, <laughs> pump the brakes, preacher, not anything. Hey, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to read the Bible right here. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything he didn't say that you need because some people, no, Jesus does not care about what you want. He only cares about what you need, okay, and nothing more. Well, okay, you can put words in Jesus' mouth, which is a very bad idea, or you could simply just read the words that Jesus himself spoke. And Jesus said you can ask not for anything you need, anything you want, and it will be granted. That is a huge statement to make right there. 
yeah, well, what if I ask for something that's not in line with the Bible? Well, then clearly his words haven't remained in you. So yeah, you're not going to get it. This is not, I mean, look at this. Because someone be okay, um, I want a billion dollars, hot dog. Uh, no, <laughs> no, well, that's stupid. You're being dumb. Don't do that. No, he said, if you remain in me and my words remain, if Jesus' words are remaining in you and you're remaining in him, you're not going to ask for sinful, stupid, foolish things. You're going to ask for good, godly things. And God would love for you to have it. He said it. I didn't say it. Look at this, verse 8. And why would Jesus want to bless you? Here it is, verse 8. When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. Wait, so if there's true disciples, does that mean there's fakers? I'll let you answer that question. All right. And then he said, this brings great glory to my Father. I love this passage because... This tells me if I'm, what does it mean to remain in Jesus? That means you are connected to him. That is somebody that's talking to Jesus every day. That's somebody that's reading his word every day. That's somebody that's doing his word every day. That's someone that's showing up to the house of God. That's somebody that is connected to Jesus. Amen. And somebody like this is very productive and fruitful. And when you're productive for Jesus, when you are doing things for God, he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be able to ask for some things and he wants to give those things to you. I'm going to tell you that right now. And so that brings me to this. When your life is blessed, this is on your outline, you can point people to the blesser. When your life is blessed, you can point people to the source of the blessing, to the blesser. And so people could come through and say, man, why does your family have peace? Why, why do you guys have joy? Or are you going to say, oh, I don't know, we just got lucky and like we're just even-tempered people. And so, you know, that's how we, that, no. What are you going to say? You're going to say, the reason we have peace and joy is because of God. You're going to point people to God. Or somebody's going to say, hey, how are you so blessed even when inflation's like 50% and, you know, uh, th that, that loaf of bread that was a dollar two years ago is now $5 now. How are you guys always blessed? You're going to say, hey, my God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Philippians 4.19, it's, it, it's God. Do you see this? You are intentional in serving the Lord the Lord makes you a stable and blessed. You point people to him. It brings him glory. And so as a son of God, as a daughter of God, as a child of God, when my life is blessed, it doesn't bring me glory. If I'm doing this right, I'm able to bring glory to God and say, you know, we didn't used to be this way. We were a wreck until we gave our lives to Jesus and got into church and started living his way. We used to be a wreck. And so I got to tell you, listen, our life is good because of him right there. And what is that doing? The harvest is great. Just by simply living for Jesus and being intentional, you will open up doors to bringing in the harvest and pointing people towards Jesus. This is a very big and powerful thing for you to get a hold of. So 
who knows today that the harvest is great where we live. Do you know that today? Amen. And so we're closing out here, but last week I challenged you to pray over the course of this week and ask God what he wants from you. Because everybody's got their own plan for their life. Well, some people do. Some people don't have a plan at all. But okay, uh, but a lot of people have their plan for their life, but not enough people have asked God what his plan is for their life. And so I challenged you last week to take a step in that direction. And so I'm just going to remind you of that challenge one more time this week as we're closing out. Is God dealing with you somewhere in your heart to take the next step in fulfilling your role to bring in the harvest? And so for some of you, that means you're going to get baptized next week. That's a very big deal. Some of you are like, yeah, I got baptized 50 years ago. Good for you. Wonderful. But for some people, listen, getting up here and getting baptized in front of everybody, this is a huge deal. You know, it's going to stretch their faith. It's going to be a step of faith. And it's something that you need to do. If you haven't been baptized, you need to get baptized. You know, Jesus put a great emphasis on this, all right? And so for some people, you're in here like, I don't know what my next step is. But hey, if you haven't been baptized, why don't you get baptized next week? That would be a step. Uh, For some people, they've been baptized. They've been in church for years and for decades. And they've never done anything at all to contribute and help out. Well, what would the next step be? You could sign up to help pass out, you know, the, the information sheets at the door. You, you could help vacuum God's house, you know, once a week, once a month. You could, you know, I don't know, work in the nursery, something like that. Amen. You could take a step in that direction. Because I know this much. Psalm 37 tells us the steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by the Lord. God will lead you in steps. And so you're in here and you're hearing all this. You're like, well, I want to serve God, but I don't just see how I could go out and be an evangelist and preach to the whole millions of masses. Listen, God's probably not going to call you from point zero to, you know, all at once. It's going to be a step at a time. And so in your heart, only you can answer this. I can't answer this for you. If God has been kind of nudging you in some way, uh, maybe God has been just laying a little something on your heart, why don't you answer that and do something with that? And then he'll give you the next step after that, one step at a time. And when you take that step, then he'll give you the next one. And next thing you know, you are well on your way to fulfilling God's call on your life and doing your part for Jesus, because we all have a part. Do you know that today? Amen. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and close down there. Can we give the Lord some praise together this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. this morning and you know all this may sound pretty good I don't know maybe it doesn't sound pretty good to you whatever but listen you got to take that first step and the very first step of everything is this 
is to invite Jesus into your life. Nothing else is more important. Nothing else matters until you really have Jesus in your life. And this is an intentional thing. He doesn't just come and force himself into your life. In fact, Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It doesn't say, hey, I'm going to kick down the door and come in whether you want me to or not. No, Jesus is a gentleman. He's knocking on the door of your heart. And Jesus said, if you open up, I'll come in with you. And so some of you today, you don't really have Jesus in there, just to be flat out about it. And, uh, and, and so is that us, you know, pointing fingers at you and judging you? No, that's us saying, hey, believe me, take my word for it. When Jesus comes in, he makes all the difference in the world. He's knocking on the door of your heart today, but only you can open the door. I can't come and open that door for you. You're gonna have to choose. In fact, Joshua put it this way, choose for yourself today who you're gonna serve. And so I'm gonna give you the best chance you've ever had in your entire life to receive Jesus into your world and into your life today. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And all, all we're gonna ask you to do is to repeat this prayer with the whole group today. And maybe you're also here, and at one point you had Jesus in your life, but let's get real, you walked away from him. And we know that he'd never leave you, but it is possible for you to leave him, it happens. James chapter five says, if someone wanders from the truth and you bring him back, you've saved that soul. And so it is possible for somebody to wander off. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your day, man, to get things right with God. And this will be the first step to changing everything in your life. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer today. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? And I'm gonna ask you to, to just simply repeat this prayer after me this morning. Let's say this, Father in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for any wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours in Jesus' name. Can you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a minute this morning? We're gonna give you again a great chance. Jesus said, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. And so I'm gonna ask you today, right now, if you're praying that prayer, and this is the first time you've ever invited Jesus in, or maybe you walked away and this is you inviting him back, I am gonna ask you, hey, slip that hand up this morning, acknowledge Jesus, and we wanna hook you up this morning and do everything we can to help you succeed. If there's anybody this morning that can say, hey, this is my moment, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Can we give Jesus some praise this morning? If that was you today and you are interested in the next steps, we have a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer where we will connect you with someone else from church that can help mentor you for the next 30 days. They're gonna text you a Bible verse and some prayers and a devotion every day. If you got questions, they'll try to answer them for you and they'll just sit down to mentor you. Uh, and even if today you didn't pray that prayer or, or maybe this wasn't your you know, your, your uh, first time praying that, listen, 
If you're interested in getting mentored and discipled, this is Jose right over here. Come see Jose while we're praying for people. Amen. He'll get your information and we'll connect you with somebody. And I'm going to tell you right now, some of y'all need a mentor. And that's not being, being mean. That's me trying to help you today. You need somebody to help you get started and stay on the right track. 30 days is a great thing. Amen. All right. We're going to take the last few minutes here. These guys are going to lead us in worship. If you need prayer for anything at all, come on up. We're going to pray for you. If you don't need prayer, good for you. But we're going to ask you to remain reverent for those that do. All right. And so you can worship God or you can pray. But let's be reverent these last few minutes and uh, and let others get ministered to. Amen. Let's go.
give just a minute, another minute here, guys, as we finish up praying for people. And so do me a favor and just stay connected out there. Stay reverent for another minute, and then we're going to close things out. Amen. And so why don't you sing us one more line there, Isaiah? <laughs> If you want to audition or be a part of the Easter play, be here at 3 p.m. And uh, Summer Crank will be in here directing that. Yes. Oh, okay. And as a certain young man's <clears throat> birthday, my brother-in-law. So why don't you give him a hug? He loves hugs. All right. Loves hugs. All right. So, all right. Sheldon, go ahead and give him a good one. He wants it. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I do that to people I'm related to. Uh, anyway, um, and then uh, FPU, if you're at Financial Peace University, 5.30, service at 6 o'clock tonight. It's going to be fire. My dad said he's preaching on the attitude of a winner. Is that what you said? Amen. All right. <laughs> attitude of a winner. Who thinks you need a better attitude? Come on. Yeah, you do. You need, you need, we, we all know it. Everyone knows. Everyone agrees. Okay. So let's go ahead and we're going to close out in prayer today. Do our Barstow faith confession and then we'll see you tonight. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God today. And Lord, I pray that we're taking your word to heart in Jesus' name. And we're going to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And God, as you're uh, uh, showing us some steps we can take to grow in our own lives, Lord, we're going to give you the glory as we're able to bless other people. Thank you for it, Lord. And we ask that you would just give us opportunities this week to show your love to those around us. 
and you said that we are the light of the world. And so help us to be the light of the world this week. We praise your name in Jesus' name. Can somebody give the Lord a great big amen today? Amen. All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow, and then you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you tonight.